Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, Ross. Let me introduce the team. The boy from the wrong side of the tracks come good. Welcome, David. Fucking picked the wrong week to quit smoking, let me tell you, Ross, after that. <laughs> <laughs> after that pre-show uh, rambling on, but also the, um, the Australian, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, cricket game. Um, yeah, that certainly, <laughs> that certainly put me in it, let me tell you. Oh yeah, a man who has said Shane Watson modelled his game on. Hello, Mick. Hello, gents. All right, Mick. Australia's number one Mitch Marsh fan and our guru. Welcome, Alex. Hello, guys. I'm uh, calling in from the Titmansley Studios down here in Torquay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> enjoying my time down here. It's fucking freezing. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> You think you're cold. I'm in here and the brass monkey's balls just fell off. (laughs) She's bloody 20 degrees over here, fellas, so it's not all bloody sunshine and palm trees, let me tell you. You're fucking sweating bullets. (laughs) I got sunburned on the way home from work. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, well, this is the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast, another big lug production brought to you by our Tier 1 guys for 2018. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wacker Ground, Sunny Rise since 75. Oh. Pyramid Bank, Snakeboard, discounting kneecap since 1990. Pyramid Bank, uh, YouTube, and Google. <laughs> we might have All to right. add um, Peter Jackson cigarettes to that too now, mate. <laughs> oh, great. I'll put them on the list. Hmm. Yep. And uh, don't forget our GoFundMe page. Uh, it's www.midoffcricketpodcast.gofuckyourself.com <laughs> Hey Ross, I think yes. we've got another sponsor. It's the um, streaming um, oh, uh, wing, wing of Optus. Yeah. Oh, Optus Spot. Yes, I, I, had, I actually had a phone call yesterday and they said, Hey guys, you're a great job. And the best thing is you have no video content. So we're, we're willing to stream you live. Because we've got nothing on anymore because we had to give it all to SBS. Yeah. So that we are actually going live now. If, if anyone still has the Optus Sport app, just switch over to that while you listen to a podcast. So you won't, you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. Uh, we turn our attention now to something David preempted, and that's Australia's debacleous one-day tour of the United Kingdom. Over to you, Mick. Um, fuck! I got nothing. It's so bad. It's just sad. <laughs> just sad and disappointing. That's all it fucking is. Yeah. Well, let's we, go back to the first ODI, if I may <laughs> indulge us with that. And, it's so um, flat, that. Oh, that's all right. That's so that's when you fucking cough up too. 500. <laughs> yeah, true. So the first ODI, I watched it. We, we all watched it. We were all pretty pumped about it, let's be honest. Uh, we set social media alight with some of our sparkling repartee. Hmm. But the thing that stood out for me was Sean Marsh getting bowled by a non-spinning one oh. or mo- oh. small spinner from the great non-turner himself Moeen Ali yeah. yeah that was pathetic it was <laughs> fucking horrible played leg stump for a ball that pitched on off and it was going to turn away from him yeah hard to believe and it was uh, Adil Rashid and Moeen Ali took uh, I think seven wickets between them in that uh, first game it was just uh, yeah. Yeah, I've, um, um, I've seen blokes play down the wrong line before but he was playing towards fine leg when the ball should have been going to mid-off. That's how far away he was. Yeah. It's hard uh, to think an international batsman could get it so wrong to some mm. such an innocuous ball. Mm. The, um, just... the most disappointing... 
thing about all of us is he's meant to be the best player of spin in our entire fucking country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Buff Lehman says, who's no longer in a job. So, tells the story. Uh, just a quick rundown of the Australian eleven for that game. It was Finch and Head opening uh, with Warner out, which was sort of fair enough. Then Marsh, then Stoinis at four, Tim Payne at five, Glenn Maxwell at six behind Tim Payne, a man who hasn't made a first-class century since 2006. Yeah. Ashton uh, Agar at seven, sorry. Mick Nisa, yeah. Andrew Ty, Kane Richardson, Billy Stanlake. So they went in yeah. with only five, uh, four batsmen. It was yeah. uh, so, sorry, five batsmen. Mm. Right, so I think it's mm. pathetic that um, Stoinis is hiding himself down at four. As Australia's best batsman, he should be batting at three. I think. Yeah. Right. Mm. Okay. Just like former greats of the game, like Ricky Ponting and, and you know, Michael Clark hit himself as one of the best batsmen in the oh, uh, side. So are you talking about the Steve Waugh mo- method? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the man who invented hiding down at five. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was more uh, well, of a joke that he's shit and shouldn't be batting at four. That fell flat, didn't it? Yeah. Flat is it one of your jokes, Paul, I suppose? Oh, Oh, that's a bit Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so. The the weird thing to come out of that first match was so Finchy and Head opened together, and Head made sweet fuck all, and Finchy went out in the 20s when he tried to hit Moen into the next suburb and got an outside edge and got caught at Gully, which he third managed, like, deep Gully, weird area that he gets out to a lot. So, under that, like, if you work on par cricket rules, the guy who made no runs probably goes in the middle of the order and the guy who made runs at the top would stay at the top. But I'm led to believe that didn't happen in the next match. Yeah, well, it's interesting because you've got a lot of Western Australian warriors in the top four now. And My uh, boys, get around them. Who looks, who looks massively out of place at number four, which is Travis Headspot, and he looks out of place opening. Oh, fuck me with the dildo, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dear kids. Anyway, so they just chased that down, and um, Australia didn't uh, bowl neither good nor bad, but they just didn't have enough runs to play with. Yeah. yeah. We we move on now to the second game of the series, and once again, this was a poor showing by Australia. This was over in Cardiff, at possibly the worst cricket ground in England, Sophia Gardens. It's a square, for fuck's sake. You know, England batted first. Jason Roy made 120, and Josh Butler made 91. Josh. 342, yeah, for eight. Proved too much for Australia, who made uh, just 304 all out in the 48th over. Sean Marsh made 131. That was about it. Interesting, they made a team change straight away because it was the bowlers at fault for Australia only making 214 in the first game. So they took um, uh, old Mick Nisa out and put Jay High Richardson in. So, Ty? Mm. No. Oh, Jay. sorry. Yeah, Jay oh, sorry, I got mixed up with Jai and yeah. Ty. Yeah. Yes, so <clears throat> certainly it was the bowlers at fault in the first game. So, so change. And the big change, of course, was that Finchie didn't open. Travis Head opened with Darcy Short. How'd Finchie go down the order? Had a blob. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And Marcus Stoner still going great guns at four, made nine. Yeah, yeah. he should really go up to three and you know <laughs> man up. I think. Oh, good kid. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. You know, oh, yeah, oh, oh. best bat bats at three. That's really good. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. that's a rip again. I get it. So, um, so Smarshy plays at Glamorgan. 
which is in yep. Wales, and Carter that's is it. in Wales. In Wales, yes, it's their so, home ground. Apparently, yes, yeah, so that's his home ground. So apparently, all the locals, if you believe Twitter and you believe the lies that get put out on Twitter, all the locals were like, going, <laughs> that's one of our boys making a ton and getting behind him, which I think oh, is fucking lies. Get around but, him. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the uh, word I on the street. There was, a, there was a stat about Finchie playing 89 ODIs, batting at the top of the order. 85. With a strike rate of 90 and an average of 40 or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Rodney Hogg keep Rodney Hogg's put it out there about three times in the last week. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's where it's coming from. I've read that as well, Gin. Yeah, it's like eighty five yeah, yeah. times he's batted eighty five times at the top of the order, yeah, like average of forty, strike rate of ninety, then when you put him in the middle order it goes down to like fifteen or something like well, that. Well he's only played three friggin' games there. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, <laughs> I just time to be shitter. Yeah, I just don't understand that you've got a bloke who's been doing that job for so long and has not done it badly. And then all of a sudden yeah. you punish him because he's not from WA because you're a sawn-off little fucking ninja cunt who comes in and thinks ninja. you know everything. Ninja cunt. I love it. <laughs> so, no, Do you reckon this thought process has come from um, Warner batting middle order for Australia in T20? I don't know. I don't fucking care. He's lost it. No, no, it's just... Uh, You've got a boy who, like, yeah. that's his sole job. In the longer form of the game for Victoria, yes, he does bat in the middle order. But it's because we've got proper long-form openers in Victoria who bat at the top. But in all the short-form stuff, he bat, he opens the batting. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, and I think if you bat sort of middle order in long-form cricket, you're expected to bat 50 overs-ish. Yeah. yeah. Or somewhere, 50 or less overs, yeah. probably. Yeah, so yeah. it's probably perfect for an opener in... ODI cricket. Mark yeah. Waugh, bad bit four, opened in one day. You know? Yeah. He's the yeah. same. Yeah. He's the same. Gilchrist. It's fine. Yep, it's yeah. normal. It happens. Uh, the third ODI, we travelled to Australia's Bermuda Triangle of good cricket, Trent Bridge, <laughs> yeah. where uh, last year we bowled out, no, two years ago, bowled out for 60. Three years ago. Yep. Whatever. And we you remember the it all. Trend, the darkest day in Australian cricket. Yeah, we bucked the trend because yep. we won the toss and what'd we do, Mick? We fucking bowled. <laughs> 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 Didn't follow uh, the game plan. Yes, now. and uh, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Jason Roy got him off to a bit of a flyer. He had eighty-two off sixty-one. Then, um, old John Bairstow and our mate Alex Hales came together, and they only faced ninety-two balls each. But um, John Bairstow made one three nine, and Alex Hales made one four seven. Jesus! And so they... to top it off, our mate. Eowyn Morgan made 67 off 30 balls. Fuck and um, I read a report from a respected cricket journalist, uh, Adam Collins, and he said England should have made 500. They only made 6 of 481. Yep, let themselves get, down. Get, I read that as well. Yeah. And the reasoning behind that was in the, like, the last five overs or something, they didn't need a boundary. Yeah. Mm. So wow. they actually really could have made Far 500 well, plus. Give Australia one thing, you know, we learnt from our mistakes early in the innings and come back at the end really well. Um, it took us a long time. <laughs> yeah. It took us 45 yeah. overs, but, you know, there was signs of improvement. I've actually got a little match report myself, Ross, from uh, oh. from this game. Um, yeah, go for well, it. Less, less of a match report and more just telling people to get fucked, but... Um, oh, right. <laughs> Bull tells people to piss off. There you it is. Yeah, it's, back. Piss off. it's back. It's back. I'm yeah. It's retro round. I'm bringing it back. So um, I'm proud of you, Bull. Uh, don't interrupt me again, Alex. Uh, Darcy Short. 
I'm not sure what's going on with the batting order, but Darcy Short has played nine good games of BBL. Would we agree? Correct, no, yes. Amundo. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. <laughs> and now he suddenly opens for Australia in ODIs. That's like um, that's like Alex driving fast twice and then getting a gig for the Mercedes or Ferrari Red Bull Racing Team. Um, <laughs> it's disgraceful. <laughs> um, I'm not sure where Travis Head's at, but he made 50 and didn't go on with it, so you can sack him. Um, he's also South Australian, so he's probably not going to make the cut come next game. Um, Sean Marshall, he's made his 100 for the series, so he's safe now until he's about 40, 45 years old, I would imagine. He's <laughs> very close to being yeah, that old. Usually the way it works in the Australian team is if Sean Marsh has one good innings, they'll now allow for about 20 to 25 failures in a row, I think. Um, yep, yep, I think that's the number. Marcus Stoyan has got run out, chasing 500. <laughs> just, just let that sink in. <laughs> let that sink in, Phil. I don't care whose fault it was. He got run out, chasing 500. Was that extra run going to make a fucking difference? How about try getting caught on the fence, Mark? Hey, better yet, get caught over the fucking fence. Just don't get fucking run out. Fair income. <laughs> Finchy averages 50 opening against England, so let's bat him in the middle order. Fuck me. Meant to be one of our better players to spin, has been out three times this series to spin. Uh, so Finchy needs to pull his fucking head in and tidy it up. Tim Payne. Tim. Hey, Tim. I'll tell you what you don't do in cricket. You don't win the toss and insert a team on a good pitch and let them make fucking 500. <laughs> That's one thing you don't do, Timothy. <laughs> you don't catch with your face either. Oh, I know he hasn't played a lot of cricket recently, and you know he thought about getting a gig for Kookaburra and all that sort of shit. But surely you haven't forgot the fundamentals of cricket, which is don't win the toss, insert a team, watch him make fucking five hundred, Tim. <laughs> I forgot about Maxwell, but he's a fuckhead too, so he can have that. <laughs> Ashton Agar. Ashton Agar swang. He, he, Agar. Yeah, Agar, Agar, whatever his name is, the solution. He, um, he, he swung the, the question bat. if he's the solution. <laughs> <laughs> he swung the bat once ten years ago in a test match in England, and now it's, all of a sudden he's the fucking messiah. He's Freddie Flintoff. He's fucking, oh, he's fucking Richard Hadley. Go and fuck yourself. <laughs> fuck him. Uh, Don't wait till you get to Billy Stanlake, mate. Uh, (laughs) I was just going to chuck all them into one bucket of filth. Absolute filth mongering. Billy Stanlake. Oh, my toes fucked. That's why, because you can't fuck a bowl, so you just pull your own fucking chain. You're about four foot eight. uh, Sorry, four metres eight. And all of a sudden, you can't fucking keep yourself upright. That's why your toes are sore, you big lanky fuckwit. (laughs) I'll tell you one thing. Ross, there was only one person glued to the screen for that fucking innings, and that was Mick Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> he was the only one he interested was... in that innings, let me tell you. Yeah, he sure was. Oh. Go and fuck so yourself, Andrew suit and tie, nine overs, none for a hundred. Oh, he could have got the record all his own if only Tim Payne had given him a tenth over. See, Tim Payne has no idea about theatrics. He's got nothing. No. Give him the last no. over and see what happens to him. Yeah. Well, oh. that's his speciality, the, the death. Oh, the no. death yes. bowling. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. The man of a million variations. All yeah. shit. I've All got... shit, yeah. He's the, <laughs> he's the, new, he's the new Clint Mackay. He's yeah. the new Jay Durmba. Oh, no, that's... Yeah, yeah, I'll, tell, you, I'll yeah. tell you something right now, uh, suit and tie. There's a reason why you don't see Jay Durmba or fucking James Faulkner anymore. Because it's so fucking predictable, you're just going to run in bowl slow bowlers, you're just going to get punted to the feds. Go fuck yourself, bowlers. You're so <laughs> shit. This is great. This is a team that lost to Scotland three games ago, you fucking pee hearts. What a disgrace we have become in Australian cricket. Fuck. Oh, I'm going to have to log off. This is fucking killing me. <laughs> log off, too. I love it. It's like he's signed into this podcast. It's your username and password, Tball67. It's not fucking big footy forum. You yeah, don't have to log off. Oh, that felt like a that felt like a big footy fucking rant. It rant. felt like that. Oh. Uh. Anyway, oh, that was good, David. I must say, it uh, it, it raised a lot of questions. I mean, <clears throat> we've got an ODI squad. It seems that's been selected based on T Twenty BBL form. You have got folks like Billy Stanlake who didn't play any um, one day cup cricket last year. Andrew Suit and Tie, who's a T20 bowler, I keep saying. I was banging on before the series started about him. Yep. Uh, you got Darcy Short, who had a good BBL, but uh, has never had any great uh, success in one-day cricket. So there's three, three of your eleven, who are picked on the back of uh, T20 cricket. You could argue the same on Jay High Richardson too. Where's Kawaja? Yeah. Where's our man? Yeah, uh, exactly. So yeah, Usman Kawaja's got a fantastic 50-over record. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, just surprising. And think Finch and Kawaja opening, and then Travis Head at four, uh, Maxwell yeah, that... at five, and Stoinis down at six. Stoinis is the all rounder. All rounders bat at six in one day cricket. Just put him down yeah. there for fuck's sake. It, it's because yeah. he made a hundred against New Zealand a year ago on a postage stamp. Now all of a sudden thinks yeah. he's fuck a Bevan. Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't see why Tim Payne is still playing. Alex Carey, get him in. Yeah. 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 You've got to do the yeah. Mark Taylor thing and just say, no, nah, mate, you're not good enough. And the Steve Waugh thing and just saw him off and just get someone else in there. Well, Nats' Nats's man, Finchie, my voice just broke then, um, is a very good captain, at least in T20 yes. cricket. Yeah, I know he's, saying you can't he's a good short-form captain. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, just give him the captaincy. Like, he's a certainty to play now that Warner and Smith aren't yeah. Yeah. floating around the track. Probably certainty anyway, even with them. Travis head, just give him the captaincy. Travis head captain South Australia from memory, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah VC or C and then Finchie or whatever. Like, just get someone in there to have a look. Well, you know, was, I one, thought it was a very curious decision to make Tim Payne one day captain. We don't I think, think it was I solidarity thought, based. Yeah, but yeah, just I just thought it was weird. <coughs> it's not kindergarten. Yeah. The one good thing come out of this little yeah. series. Um, obviously, I mentioned the Scotland uh, victory over England, but one of the um, one of the greatest things I saw in the aftermath of that was uh, Johnny Bairstow, uh went real sort of um, park cricket style on Twitter, put a picture of himself making 100 with this caption, disappointed to lose, but pleased to become the first Englishman to score three ODI 100s in a row. Mate, <laughs> <laughs> mate, you just lost to fucking Scotland. It's not about you. Mm. Well done, pal. Yeah, you made 100 against a team that's shit, and then you lost to them. <laughs> I know I can't. I'm shouting with his finals, but I've always wanted the bowling award. Oh yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> He's actually done the greatest thing of all time, making a hundred in a loss. There, no better feeling, fellas. Yeah, you've done your part. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Yeah, I did my bit. You just couldn't get me over the line. I'm afraid uh, that's your fault. 
Hey, Bull, I've made 100 in a loss, but not batting. No, you've bowled in it, yeah. <laughs> it's not as good a feeling, I think, as if you're batting. No, that's, be, that's the reason yeah. why we lost, is because you made 100. <laughs> so that total of 481 was a world record for ODIs, and it was second only to Surrey's 496 in List oh. A cricket. Now, an interesting thing happened in England. India A were playing Leicester in a List A game. And right. they made 470-odd to move themselves into second-highest list A spot, but it lasted just three hours. Fucking hell. England oh. then came along and made 481. What oh, sort well, of ground were they playing on? What size are we talking? Dimension-wise, Le- Ross. Leicester's little ground is a postage stamp. So. Yeah, okay. I think it was as big as the ground that kid in India made 1,000 on. Ah, yeah. Yep, that's yep, it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I think India yeah. A probably had the same kids playing. <laughs> He's in good form, that kid. He made a thousand a couple of years ago. Yeah. Right, so afterwards, Tim Payne said, quote, That's the hardest day's cricket I've ever had in my life. End quote. And as a non listener but fan of the show, Luke McNamara posted on Twitter, What about Cape Town? Short memory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was some more social media sizzle. Uh, I can't remember. I think it might have been Chris uh, Henstock or Hemstock. He wrote, why? There was only about 10 plays and misses. You done fuck all all day, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the it. ball didn't go. Yeah, that, how, how was Chris right, yeah. Yeah. that was funny. Yeah, he fucking Payne could have gone and parked himself at fucking Cow Corner and probably would have saved more runs than he would have buying the stumps. He would have taken more catches sitting at the bar. Oh, I'll tell you that right. <laughs> 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 yeah, he, he took uh, one during the game, Owen Morgan. Oh, yeah, Price oh, got yeah. that when he's just made 70 off about 12 balls. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it was indeed. Uh, so England, by, uh, back to our esteemed journalistic colleague, uh, brethren Adam Collins uh, he said that England will walk it in in next year's World Cup well, uh, bigger lies never been spoken well, despite all the evidence to the contrary they're like fucking South Africa you get too far yeah. ahead of yourself on South Africa and all of a sudden they fuck it up they can't read a, a simple piece of paper with a simple mathematic calculation on it telling them <laughs> where they should be if it rains they're just they're, they're fucking dumb their cricket is dumb Anyway. I think uh, it's interesting you said that because, as you rightly pointed out, David, three games ago they lost to Scotland. But, of oh. course, England will be happy to know that the 10-team World Cup means that, you know, pains in the arse like Scotland, aren't they? Yeah, the, their bogey team are out. Mm. <laughs> there is a lot of water to go under the Thames Bridge uh, between now and next year, too. So it's a long way away. They are a bloody good side. Oh, are they number one ODI side? Yeah, yet? they are. They probably yeah. should be. Yep, yeah, they, they have yeah. been for Certainly some time, it, I think. It seems yeah. that Trevor Bayliss has done a good job with their one-day cricket since and he's com- been coached. Yeah. And completely fucked up their test team. Maybe they'll oh, be yeah. the first sort of big nation to go with the test coach versus one-day coach permanently. Oh, I thought you were going to say that would be the first big nation just to stop playing Test cricket. Oh, fuck, I hope so. Imagine that. <laughs> I don't have to deal with those poms coming out here and fucking taking up all our room in hospital because they're fucking sunburnt to a crisp. <laughs> just, oh, that's, just one of, it. that's one of my number one grievances. I often ring into Neil Mitchell and just say, Neil, <laughs> Neil, what's on my mind? Let me tell you what's on my mind. There's no room in the hospital because all what's these bombs coming over and getting fucking burnt. <laughs> mm. 
And also, I don't like all those Tuscan-style apartments popping up. Oh, everywhere. they're popping up <laughs> everywhere. England are just done. England are just unlucky that it's not Trevor Hap, Trevor Chapel, uh, Hadley Chat. Sorry, Hadley Chapel style <laughs> Trevor Chapel. <laughs> is this me doing a, a yeah. segment? Or? This is my Guinness impersonation. No, so it's England are just lucky it's not a Chapel Hadley situation where you put the trophy up. We have to put the ashes up all the time because they might actually got the ashes back if it's in one right. April, Matt. So, but, but alas, yeah. alas, you didn't win them. You can't. So fuck off. <laughs> Lots of, a lot of anger going around this podcast. Oh, we've lost it. We're in four separate no. locations. I'm off the Nando's. It's all happening. Mm. I know. No cheeky oh, Nando's halfway mm-hmm. through, Bull. Mm. All right. Well, on that disgraceful performance by the Australian cricket team, we've got two more games to prove just how shit we are. Yay. Uh, we'd like to see Alex Carey get a run. What? There's no point taking him. And also, Nat, Nat Lyon. Why not get him in? Yep. No, um, my man. Yeah, uh, England. England have dominated with spin, so I'm not sure why we're just playing uh, four pace bowlers and one spinner of our five bowlers. Yeah, yeah. part timer. Part timer. Uh, well, no, Agar's. Spinner. He's a part timer. He averages Agar. sixty in ODI cricket. Yeah, he's Fuck a glorified yeah. part timer. Okay, so then we're off to the fourth ODI at the second worst cricket ground in England, Chesterley Riverside, Durham. Have you been there? And then, sorry. Have you been there? No, it's up near Newcastle in yeah. the northeast. I haven't been up there. It's a ground where you can drive your car up to the fence and turn your headlights on. <laughs> oh, park uh, yeah, That one, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, then we've. Re- that's on the twenty-first of the sixth. That's today. Oh, eleven p.m. Oh, yeah, it's on You'll tonight. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to watch that. I'll be, I'll be watching that too. Yeah. I just uh, flick across from the Socceroos and. Um, Watch us go down in both, I'd say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Remarkably down, too. Yeah, and then 24th, is that Sunday? I hope it is. Could be. Yeah, might be. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yes. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Sunday, so not a good time for Australian fans because, of course, it's mate versus mate, state versus state on Sunday night. <laughs> origin! Oh, origin! Origin! This is Origin! This is Origin! Yes. Um, so that'll be on, and that's the fifth one at... Manchester, so no doubt our man Chris will be attending that game to because he loves fifty over cricket. Mm. Yes, here on the boys. That's the yeah, the only one. Yeah, the only person in the world who loves fifty over cricket. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's got him, though. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well played, <laughs> sir, is what I say. <laughs> All right. Well, on that fascinating note, we'll now hand over to Mick, and we'll stay in the old dart for some county raps. <laughs> All right. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so, so we have the latest uh, version of Have Bat Will Travel. So this sees the almost conclusion of the Royal London Cup, and um, and they. They've gone. They've had their Royal London Cup, which is their Matador Cup, their one day. They get all the way to the semi-finals, and then they take a break until the thirtieth of June to play the final. Yeah, and they why fit you? in a cup. Yeah, and they fit in a couple of uh, four-day games. So I've got I've got the remainder, including the semi-finals and quarter-finals of that, and then I've got the the most recent round of the four-day stuff. So we'll get through it as quick Can as I possible. Can I just interrupt boys. you, Mick? Was it yes. one of the quarter-finals or one of the semi-finals? It was an absolute belter. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a semi-final. Oh, oh, it was a belter. It was an absolute right. uh, synergy. What about that synergy yeah. between you two then? Oh, mwah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we'll start off. With, yes. We'll, we'll start off with the last set of um, <laughs> of the normal rounds for the South Group. So 
So we had Hampshire, who were 6 for 229, beat Glamorgan 227 by four wickets. Ross's man on the Googs, Timmy van der Googden, made 19 hey. not out and took two for 38. New South Wales Blues English import spinner Mason Crane took four for 46. There were no real Aussies in that game. Uh, Ken, Ken for 300 and... Kent, three for 323, a few threes in there. Beat Gloucester, eight for 322 by seven wickets. Gloucester middle order bat Ian Cockbane got run out for 68. Hard as a Kent's head, South African import. Hino, misheard swear word, Kun, made 113. (laughs) There were no Aussies in that match. Uh, Surrey 5-238 beat Middlesex 234 by five wickets. My man, the Irish superstar Paul Sterling, made 67 for Middlesex. Big Hank made four and took none for 12 off his one over for the Sex Pests. And in his money there. All around performance. <laughs> yeah, he's been a disgrace. Happy with that. Uh, ben, that's all, folks, made 86. Hmm. And Tom, I once lived with the Marshes. Curran took four for thirty-three for Surrey. I haven't heard that story. Mm. Yeah, he's got a brother, Sam, too, apparently. Oh shit! Uh, Does he? So wow. Next up, we had the there. Battle of the Sexes. As Essex six for two eighty-five beat Sussex seven for two eighty-one by four wickets. Sussex middle order bat Laurie Evans made one hundred and seven not out as well as taking home the award for the most Aussie-sounding name an English cricketer has ever had. Yeah. Uh, there were no real Aussies in that match. Uh, so we move on to June 6th, where Essex, 7 for 337. There's a lot of big scores in this. Like, obviously, little grounds and all. And big bats. Fuck off, cunts. Uh, help with that type of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so Essex beat Kent. Kent made 184. They beat them by 153 runs. Essex Ooh. pair Dan Lawrence made... And Ravi Bopara combined for 187 run partnership. Lawrence made 115. Ravi Bopara made 125. Mm, good player. Pick of the Kent's bat. Pick of the Carters of Kent's heads bats hmm. was South African Sean. You are a bit of a dick, son. Making 51. <laughs> Essex opening bowler Jamie Porter took four for 37. There were no Aussies. Uh, Middlesex three for 322. Beat Gloucester 289 by 33 runs. Middlesex had some good performances with the bat, the best being the big ginger Irish test batsman Paul Sterling, who made 127 not out. Owen, now I can get overlooked by two test sides. Morgan made 100. (laughs) And my man, Big Hank, made 60 not out. Pick of the Gloucester bats was Ian Cockbane with 106. (laughs) Surprise, surprise, Big Hank didn't get a trundle. No other Aussies in that match. Uh, next one, we have Somerset made 7 for 360 to beat Hampshire, who were 9 for 359 oh, by three fuck. wickets. Oh. Somerset hit the winning run off the very last ball of the day. Shit. Hampshire batted first, and their skipper, and the man's name so bland it could be steamed white rice, James <laughs> Vince, made 109. He shared a 186-run partnership with Tom, stage name needed, Elsop. Does anyone get that joke? Oh, I'm yes. With I'm with Tommy Daslow, Tommy Elsop. He made 95. Yeah. Somerset's Craig Jughead Overton took three for 69. Mm, Somerset's Peter good. Trago was the standout for the trendsetters with 100. And Matt the Turtle Renshaw made 40 from 36 balls. 
Dale Stain bowled for Hampshire and returned the inglorious figures of one for 80 off his 10 overs. Well bowled, Mickey Lewis. And in the final match of the round (laughs) matches for the South Group, Surrey made 5 for 269 to beat Glamorgan, who were 8 for 266 by five wickets. Glamorgan got off to a rocky start with both openers making ducks. Glamorgan, (laughs) number three, Connor Brown made 98. On the Googs, made one not out. Tuna Mornay Morkel and Sam Not So Slippery Curran took two wickets each for Surrey. <laughs> Will Jacks with 80 was the best of the Surrey bats. What was that On guy's Googs, name? Sorry, Brown? Something Brown? Connor Brown. Fuck, that's a boring name. Sorry, keep going. Yeah. It's nearly James. <laughs> it's, nearly, it's almost James Vince oh, Little Brown. Yeah, agree. Yeah. On the Googs got no wickets for Glamorgan, no Aussie. So at the end of the round, the rounds, the South Group table looks like this. So we have number one is Hampshire with five wins and two losses. They finished with a draw as well. So they got 11 points. Uh, number two was Essex. Number three was Kent. They both finished on 10 points. So those three make the finals. Uh, making up the other spots, Somerset in fourth, Surrey fifth, Middlesex sixth, Gloucester seven, Sussex eight, and Glamorgan bring up the tail in ninth spot. Hampshire's uh, Warney's old mob, aren't they? And Pup, I think. Yep. Down the bottom no, of uh, area Southampton. Oh, our Southampton, actually. Yep, uh, the Rose Bowl. Cool. Oh, yes. So we'll quickly run through the North group as well. So we've got uh, Chris's boys, Lanks, made 8 for 290 to beat Derby, 8 for 265 by 25 runs. Lanks skipper Liam Livingston, top scored with 86. If any, Joe Many made mm. 1 and took none for 41. Well, good no Aussies up. <laughs> Pub? <laughs> what was that? He just said good all-round yeah. performance. Oh, yeah. 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 Steve, Steve McGoffin-like. Uh, <laughs> no one's in the derby. Knots <laughs> <laughs> uh, 255 beat Durham 224 by 31 runs. Not skipper Stephen Mullaney made 124. No one's in that game either. Uh, Warwickshire 1 for 211 beat Leicester 207 by 9 wickets. Mm. Mark, 8 sausage rolls, thanks. Cosgrove. Top hey. <laughs> the big boy. Jonathan, test cricket is hard. Trot made 102. <laughs> uh, Worcester, 5 for 348, beat North Ants, 314 by 34 runs. South Australian, Cal Ferguson made 159 not out and shared a 239-run partnership with Joe Clark for Worcester. Joe Clark? Uh, Fuck yeah, hell, that's and his name's Joe Michael Clark is his oh, middle name. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yes. John Michael so apparently Nelson he's come out of retirement to play for Australia and they never played for Australia before. Um, <laughs> John Michael just... Housen reference. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I heard he's going to coach the under-14s, Mick. Yeah, give him back to grassroots cricket. Because that's what you yeah, do when you want to coach... Yeah, for anything. Because when, <laughs> when you want to coach the under-14s, you ring up James Sutherland and say, I want a fucking job, mate. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> hmm. So uh, we've got Yorkshire, made 7 for 379 to beat Lanks, who made 363 by 16 runs. Jesus. Yorkshire's Adam, that's Lythe, made 144. <laughs> Adam and David likes to touch his willy, made yes. 131 to, com- to combine do. for a 235-run partnership. David Cox Willie also took 4 for 59 with The Rock. Lank Skipper Liam Livingston made 79, and Keaton Keyboard Jennings made dinner for two. 69. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be uh, there was no Aussies in this match. Oh. 
64, yeah, dinner for two, 64. <laughs> uh, uh, next up, we've got Leicester beat Durham. Leicester made 243, Durham made 240. Leicester won by five wickets. Cameron Delport made 122 for Leicester. There were no Aussies in that match. Uh, next up, Knotts, two for 115, beat Derby all out for 110 oh, by geez. eight wickets. Oh. Ross's man, Jake Ball, took four for 29 off his 10 overs. There were no Aussies in that match. There is, the, all the Aussies that were there do not play one-day cricket. I was going to say, you sure there's no Aussies getting bowled out for 110? Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, were too, they were too busy fucking playing in the Australian side. <laughs> uh, Worcester 269 beat Warwickshire 292 by one wicket. Mo and Ali had a day for Worcester taking 340 with the pill, and then he made 114 with the bat. Jesus. Kel Ferguson made seven for the Sauceheads, no other Aussies. Uh, Yorkshire, 6 for 245, beat Northants, 241 by four wickets. David Willey made 71 for Yorkshire. No Aussies. So that finishes up the North game. So we finished with uh, Worcester on top with six wins and 12 points. Second was Knotts and third was Yorkshire. So that's your three teams that go through to the finals. Uh, next up, uh, and then we've got Warwickshire, Derby, Lanx, Northants, Leicester, and Durham bring up the bottom there. Durham is Paul Collingwood's team, so no wonder they're fucking shit. Yeah, he's uh, still playing the camp. Fuck now. Yeah, he's a captain of their long form stuff. I, don't, I didn't really see his name much in the one days. Uh, so the final structure is you have the top place teams from each group go, in, go straight through to a semi final. Then second place plays the third place from the opposing group. So second place South plays oh, yeah. third place North, and second place North plays third place South. So first quarter final was on June the 14th. Second place north side Nottinghamshire took on third place south side hard as a Kent's head. Knott's batted first and made eight for 255. Pick of the bats was not skipper Stephen Mullaney who made 90. And the number 10, Luke Fletcher, chipped in with 53. So here's the bloke we spoke about a few episodes ago, copped a return off the bat when he was bowling in the bonds and they thought he was going to have to retire. So good on him for keeping going. Pick of the Kent bowls was medium pacer Harry Podmore, who took four for 57. Kent chased Knott's total one down. <laughs> with, South African, with South African Hino Kun making 124 not out. There were no Aussies in this match, so Kent moved on to the first semi-final where they will take on Gloucester. So the Kent big, won by nine wickets. The big truck Hino. So, mm. so in the uh, <laughs> second quarter final... Uh, we had second place Southside Essex played host to third place Northside Yorkshire. Yorkshire batted first, posting seven for two fifty nine, with former Test bats Test bats Test batsman impersonator Gary Balance making ninety one. Oh, Big Tim Bresnan, yeah, oh, try fucking saying it quickly, mate. Bloody hell! Big <laughs> Timmy Bresnan peeled off forty one from thirty two balls. Essex, James, Essex <laughs> Jamie Porter took. Three for 25 off his nine overs. In reply, Essex were rolled for 234. Ooh. With their keeper, Adam Wheater, top scoring with 78. Alistair, kick, mate, Alistair, kick, Alistair Cook made, a hundred, <laughs> made 11 off 22 balls. He made 11 off 22 balls. Well better. Boo. Pick of the Yorkshire the bowlers was Stephen Patterson, who's retired from Collingwood to take four for 36. <laughs> uh, Yorkshire won by 25 runs. So this leads us to the semi-finals, which was on, the first semi was on June the 17th, where we saw North Group's uh, first place Worcestershire host the South Group's third place Kent. 
Worcester batted first and posted six for 306. Thanks to a 140-run partnership between Brent Dolavira with 78 and the keeper Ben Big Cox making 122 red. Big of the bowls for Kent was Darren Stevens, who took a spell from Bewitched to take two for 33. <laughs> so many deep references. <laughs> uh, once again, Kent South African import. Hino, G, my last name sounds like a swear word, Kun, made, made his fourth ton for the tournament, making 127. He's, he's made four, and his last five bats, old Hino has made four tons. Well, we're so 19-year-old Patrick Brown was the pick of the Worcester Bowlers, taking three for 53. So Kent won by two wickets to book a place, to book the first place in the Royal London Cup final. Royal Rumble? Yeah, the Royal Rumble. <laughs> so it's the Royal, Royal London Cup. Be which, there. <laughs> which is also the name of the ODI series, is the Royal London ODIs or some shit. So uh, right. Royal Makes London sense. is sponsoring the fuck out of everything. <laughs> uh, so the second semi final was on June the 18th. Our second semi saw the South Group's first place Hampshire host North Group's third place Yorkshire. Wasn't a good year to come in second. Both the second place teams have been yeah. fucked off. Yorkshire elected to field first, and it won't come down, won't go down as the best decision yeah. of Stephen Patterson's captaincy. As oh, Hampshire okay. peeled off three hundred and forty-eight nine down, with English Test batsman steamed white rice James Vince making mm. hundred and seventy-one off hundred and twenty-six balls. Fucking hell! Yeah. In reply, Yorkshire got rolled for two forty-one with well, Jonathan Pokey's Tattersall t- top <laughs> scoring with eighty-nine. <laughs> Dale Stain only got one wicket for Hampshire, but it was an absolute peach that splayed Steve Pujara's stumps like a clock uh, in Sunbury. Steve Bowles was. Did you say Steve Pujara? Yeah, because that's what they fucking nicknamed Cheswa, remember? We were getting stuck uh, in on oh, another one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Racist. Racist. They're racist and they couldn't say Cheswa. Uh, Piggler Bowles was Liam Smokey Dawson. He took four for 47. Hampshire won by 170 runs. So the final will be held on the 30th of June. It'll be an all-South group final where the number one seed, Hampshire, will take on the third place, Kent. So the North Ooh. group did not get it done. So I'll quickly just touch on the latest round of four-day cricket. I'll try to be quick because it's been obviously a little bit long due to all the it's one been days. funny, though. Thank you, Bull. So we'll start off with County Division 1. So we've got Surrey made 363 to beat Hampshire, who one-day cricket doesn't transform into four-day form. Hampshire were all rolled for 135 and 175 to lose wow. by an innings and 58 runs. Jesus. Oh. So Surrey elected to bat first, and it didn't look like the best decision when they were two for one. An English test opener, Mark watching paint dry Stoneham, and hmm. Scott, what the fuck is a bowler doing at number three? Borthwick both made ducks. Lucky for, lucky for Surrey, their skipper Rory, third degree burns, hmm. made 151. And Ben Stokes, nope. Wokes, nope. Ah, folks, made 90. (laughs) Combined for a 199-run partnership. Surrey finished with 363. Pick of the Hampshire bowlers was West Indian Fidel Edwards. There he is. Who took five for 93. Dale Stein, Dale Stein, Dale Stein. Fucking hell. Picked up two for 91. (laughs) <laughs> Stayed in the membrane. It's fucking oh. hard. It's hard carrying this podcast, isn't it, Mick? He's it's, it's fucking heavy. He's the head that wears the crown, mate. Uh, in, <laughs> re- 
In reply, Hampshire folded quicker than Superman on laundry day to be all out for 135. Pick of the bats being Riley Russo, who made 46. Best with the ball for Surrey was 36-year-old paceman Ricky Clark, who took 5 for 29. Hampshire were told to have another bat, so they followed on. Second time around, they got 175. Opener Joe Weatherly made 50. Best of the bowlers second time around was Tuna Mornay Morkel, who took three for 37. Points. Yep, points. Surrey, 23. Hampshire, 3. I'm disappointed with those points there, Mick. There's no decimals. You call that a real scoring system? Well, that's it. I thought, they had this, I thought they had this elaborate formula, but it's always rounded numbers, so I don't know what's going on there. Might, I can't um, believe you get a point for losing outright. By yeah, any... I can't believe you get three points for losing outright. Oh, <laughs> have you got, any, have you got um, the five main talking points from the remaining matches? It, I've got some stuff, yeah. yeah go you want me to hurry up? Yeah, um, that was the most polite way I could think of saying that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Essex beat Langs. Um, Nothing really interesting there. No, there's not really any Aussies around, so it's a bit of a no. it's a bit of a hard one at the moment. Uh, Essex got 22 points. Lanks got six. Uh, Somerset beat Knotts by six wickets in their first inning. Somerset made 392, and the Turtle Matty Rentrell made 106. Oh, nice one. Um, That's one. That's a talking point, Mick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ross the Boss scored half the runs in Knotts' first innings with 74. In their second innings, Knotts made 505 and still wow. fucking lost. Shit. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That's fucking hell. Yeah. So all hell broke loose, and five of Knotts' top seven bats scored past 50. Holy dooly. Yeah. Um, so that gives Somerset 22. Knotts only walked away with two points after making 505 in the second innings. Oh, see, the system's all wrong. System yeah, it's all over the shop. So Division 2, Durham beat Derby by 95 runs. Nothing overly interesting there. Rim job was back in for Durham. He took two for 31. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Reliable, then, the rim job. Mm. Yeah. Uh, South African <laughs> Gareth Hart made 114. And uh, Tommy Latham, the New Zealanders over there as well, he made 67. Uh, Rim Job took one for 23 in the second inning, so he's not having much fun over there. Durham got 19 points, Derby got four. Uh, Kent drew with Gloucester. Kent made nine for 582. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, so Sean Dixon made 117, and the uh, skipper made 100. Mm. And mate, the skipper made 170. <laughs> Um, not really much else going on there. Oh, the Care Bear, Matty Henry from New Zealand for Kent took six for 58. So that was a pretty good effort there. Um, so Kent got 12 points, Gloucester got seven. Uh, Leicester beat North Ants by six wickets. Um, nothing too interesting there. No tons. No, no. Uh, last, so Leicester got 19, North Ants got four. In the last match of the round, Warwickshire beat Glamorgan by four wickets. Uh, Usman's been playing for Glamorgan. He got four off 32 balls, which might explain why he's not on the one-day side. Flying <laughs> uh, uh, for Warwickshire, the Shermanator got 106. And uh, Jonathan, no one likes riding on planes anyway. Trot got 57. Uh, on the Googs, took four for 65 for Glamorgan, but Warwickshire got up in the end. Warwickshire 21, Glamorgan 4. And that is the end of the county wrap. Fuck, how uh, knowledgeable... How knowledgeable are we when you know, I sit there and say, fuck it, Usman should be in the one day. Oh, he's fucking, he's a champion one day cricketer. And then the next minute he's made four off about 140. 
but that's a red ball. He's a yeah, different true. kettle of fish on the white deck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at but that. in fairness, in the last two Matadors, he has been very good. Yeah. Good wrap-up, Mick. Yeah. Mm, thank you, Mick. Thanks, I have a little... I'm, always su- I'm always surprised at how much cricket gets played in England oh. in two weeks. Oh, oh it's yeah. fucking crazy. Fucking the one-day cup doesn't help. Yeah. They mm. played they, these two um, uh, four-day games they played. They played them uh, with one day off in between. Oh. Yeah. There you go. It's impossible. Oh, I don't not, believe you. Yeah, it's a fact. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, I have a little anecdote from county cricket that I'd like to share with you. Now, picture this Ooh. as being in the style of the book that uh, Mitchell Johnson wrote. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was seeing red. Yeah. I was seething. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's not about Mitchell Johnson, but another county cricketer. Okay, so <clears throat> here we go. While he was typically probing in the early season matches, it was the Victorians' unusual choice of headwear on a near-freezing cold morning in Southampton <laughs> that made headlines. It was bloody cold over there. I don't think it got over 10 degrees for the whole month. We were down in Hampshire, and it was a freezing cold morning. The umpires came over on the morning and gave the green light that both teams could wear the beanies out on the field. Between both teams, there were about 17 blokes with beanies on. I had one on, and I'm not best at cold weather. (laughs) We walked out at 11am, and the temperature gauge read 1 degree. I had three shirts on, and the jumper, and the beanie. I thought it'd only last a couple of balls, and then once I'd warmed up, I'd take it off. It ended up staying on for the whole six-over spell I bowled. Ah, there ends the reading. Now, who do you think that was, David? Uh, I'm going to say our man, Pierre Woodchopping Siddle. It was indeed, recalling an anic- a humorless anecdote from April. <laughs> what, I well, know, chop wood, what I want to know is... He can't he had, handle the cold. If he had 75 layers on, how do you even get his fucking arm over? Yeah, the red know. mist descended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, well, there, there's a, uh, just news there that Siddle's going back. For a bit more uh, action with Essex in August. So good oh, on him. Pierre. Mm. Oh, Pierre. Mm. So we move on now to the Futures Tour program. Oh, FTP. here we go. Won't let me be me. Yeah. This All is why he wanted FTP. you to hurry up, Mick. He wanted yeah, to crap on about fixture. Yeah, he wanted the uh, mic to himself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Afghanistan will play a historic test match on Australian soil in 2020. Nice. New Zealand and South Africa Ooh. are coming back to Boxing Day test matches. New Zealand for the first time in 30 years. Shit. Uh, no way. Mm. I suppose they've got their own locks at Africa, don't they? Yeah, that's it. Mm. Uh, so the new Futures Tour program uh, brings in the 19 test championship and the one-day league that's happening. Mm-hmm. That means that all one-day uh, series will be capped at three games. Oh, nice. oh, right, that's good, that's good. yeah. Mm. So uh, that means that um, uh, only in the lead-up to the World Cup after the 2019 one, the 2023 one, that you can then have five match series then, okay. in the year before okay. that. But otherwise, it'll be three-game right. series. Yep. 13-team league table of ODI cricket. And uh, the top prize for the top eight-ranked nations is that they'll qualify for the World Cup uh in the coming events. So, uh-huh. yes, New Zealand will play a Boxing Day test in 2019. The first oh, Boxing okay. Day test since 1987. 
Five Test Ashes series will continue. There'll be one here in 2021-2022. Australia will return to South Africa in 2020. And then South Africa will come here for the Boxing Day New Year's Test in 22-23. Hold on, you haven't mentioned any Test matches against India. Usually we play them about eight and nine times a year. Oh, no. Well, the next tour of India will not be until October, November 2022. Jeez. Jesus. When did we last go there? 2017 in March? That'll be five years between... Yeah, that's that's unheard unheard of. of. Is is this what's going to happen now with this test, like, series championship thing? That they are going to get more drawn out? Because you have to play everyone? They've got to fit in more countries. So, yeah. Oh, okay. More from a four-year to a five-year cycle, maybe, but except yeah. for the Ashes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, so, yes, it's uh, very interesting. Uh, it's interesting that um, Australia get to retain hosting Boxing Day tests for at least the next five years, but um, may lead to pressure for Australia to make reciprocal tours over the Christmas New Year period to yeah. South Africa and New Zealand, which would be good, fair enough. Good luck with be, that. Yep. Unpalatable as a bunch of arseholes that we are in Australia. I'll um, tell you, Ross, can I tell you what's going to happen? Yep. Uh, Cricket Australia are going to turn to Cricket South Africa and say, hey, fuck which, you get about 40 blokes at your Boxing Day test, go and fuck yourself. Then they're going to turn to New Zealand Cricket and say, hey, dickheads, you play a Boxing Day test on a fucking rugby field with about 80 people watching, you guys can go and fuck yourself too. What we'll do is give you some of our gate takings because we're going to make a shitload of coin and you will continue to play in our country. We're not going to go there and waste our marquee events on 40 to 80 people. Uh, and that makes a lot of sense. And New Zealand usually have a one-dayer on Boxing Day, so um, yeah, good luck yeah. with that. Yeah. One-dayer? Yeah, they do. Go and fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we can probably make that work, but because none of the one-day blokes should be in our fucking test side anyway, so they can oh, go over there and play. Didn't we have that once where there was a one-day tour in South Africa and there was a 2020 tour in New Zealand at the same time? We had two yeah, Australians I think playing? we did. Uh, the last fun. three or four summers we've had that as the Australian summer draws nice. to a conclusion and now we're touring yeah. somewhere overseas. So True. hopefully that stops with this new rejig of the, um, yeah. the complexities of redrawing the ODI landscape. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So uh, we've got to play the 13 top competing nations in ODI cricket. We're at the 12 test teams plus the Netherlands. So that will be interesting. Nice. We've got to play an equivalent yeah. number of matches home and away over the qualifying period. So that will be interesting. I could see us playing games in the Netherlands. Our Australia's yeah. now this is a good one to see if it actually happens. Australia's first engagement in the ODI League is three ODIs against Zimbabwe in Australia in June 2020. Ah, uh, top end tour. Oh, You're guilty. Yeah. I'd suggest they should play him on a Monday, a Tuesday, and a Wednesday on the same ground. One yep. day after each other. <laughs> oh, I agree. Um, also, if three we... separate sides playing for Australia. Yeah, Australia A, Australia B, Australia C. Yeah. Bang, bang, if, bang. if we play a game in the Netherlands, fellas, we're fucking going. <laughs> we are going to the Netherlands to watch that. <laughs> I imagine they'll tack it on to an Ashes tour somehow. Oh, well. Yeah, Ash, three in, Ashes are three, um, three in Netherlands, three in Ireland, and then three in England or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, that... We'll have a chat to our old mate Alex Cavasi and see if he can uh, sort us out. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. I did nerdle him for a single back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> he bowled a finger spin, you fucking... 
Go, sorry, move yeah. on, Ross. Move on, Ross. <laughs> All right. So, um, other uh, other assorted highlights of the uh, schedule of 2019 to 2023. Uh, apparently, we're hosting, we're going to Bangladesh for three T20s in October next year. Lovely. Yeah, and then we're then in February in 2020, we're going over for two tests. Of course, we are. One or two at once. And I think the Chapel Hadley Trophy might have become. Three T20s because March 2020 and March 2021 we're going to New Zealand for three T20s each year. So okay. wait to see what that's all about. Uh, we've got that test versus Afghanistan coming up, and then four tests against India. The home summer of Australian cricket over the five-year period is apparently fixed in stone. There's going to be five tests, two lots of three ODIs, and two lots of three T20s. Bumper. So that's, a, right. so that's a significant change and interesting, you know, all the TV deals are done. Obviously, they would have known this was coming and then, um, you know, factored that into how much they paid. Uh-huh. But um, could mean that uh, this test match at Marnica Oval coming up on the first weekend in February is the one and only test. One and done. Oval. Yeah, one and done. Um, you know, uh, what's his name? Graham Manu style. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought Graham Manu and Monica Oval have something in common? Yeah, no, not me. Yeah, no, not, not any. Yeah, Joe Many. Yeah. <laughs> right, so yes, well, see, to me, that just says no more Test cricket at Hobart or Canberra. It's going to be the five. The only one that'd be a bit shaky about that might be Brisbane, but I really don't think they're going to take Test matches off Brisbane to give Canberra. Not the Gabatois. Yeah. yeah no. Not with the winning record and not with the bigger population, even though they may not like the ground particularly. Mm. Um, I don't see it happening. So, yeah. yeah, so it looks like the lot of Canberra and uh, Hobart will be hosting one of those ODIs each, each year. Uh, give yeah. them a T20, fuck them. Well, they might want to choose them, I don't know. I don't know if they'll be that lucky. It's uh, written into contracts that of those T20s every year, one has to be at the MCG and one has to be at the SCG. Yeah, uh, okay. Oh, that doesn't weird. leave many to hand around. Yeah, true. And I think one or two of the ODIs have to be at the MCG and SCG too. Not that they're worth right. a pinch of shit anymore, but there you go. <laughs> mm. Right. Hey, Ross. Hey, Alex. I read a thing, I read a thing saying that uh, there would be possibly ODI fixtures and T20 fixtures that wouldn't fall into this competition. That's correct. Yep. Well, T20... Yeah, that seems weird to me. T20s aren't part of the competition. Right. Yep. So they're still between the two boards to fixture. And yep. um, the, the T ODI league runs for two years... And then the top eight qualify for the World Cup. And then for that 12 months, it finishes 12 months before the World Cup. And then for mm-hmm. that 12 months, they can fixture whatever the hell they want. Oh, so carte blanche. Game, Do what you like. Game, yeah. Seven laissez-faire stuff. You have a seven-game ADI series. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. 12, yeah. F15, doesn't matter. It's up to you. <laughs> it sort of makes sense, Alex, because it's the same way that um, rugby works and soccer works for their World Cup qualification uh, with friendlies and the yeah, like yeah they, that they draw it off yeah, after okay. a certain period of time and then you know you've qualified and then yeah, the major teams qualify then the last few teams scrap it out for the last spot closer to the date and all that sort of stuff yeah so yeah. they're actually following sort of known structures of World Cups the only thing they're okay. doing which is different is that they reduce the teams mm. yeah <laughs> I reckon um, yeah. if we qualify, we just go into a 12-month camp at Allen Border Field, I'd imagine. <laughs> mm. 
really yeah. get ourselves set up and primed for the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Just have like um, tackle <laughs> games with Shane Watson and Mitch Johnson. The Red Pistons. Yeah. That's enough sort of international fixturing chat for now. Just interesting that the uh, the World T Twenty is back in twenty twenty. Oh, after yeah. being scrapped for 2018 so we could have another champions trophy because they're great everyone loves them oh yeah and so to make up for lost time we're having one in 2020 and another one in 2021 <laughs> <laughs> shut up uh, Ross. what's, what's ICC, the real uh, the hallmark of the ICC is inconsistency oh they uh, love it they, they were running there for a good, nearly a decade of having an, a T20, a World T20 every two years, and then they go, yep. fuck it, and they go and choose a different time scale. Have it every Wake year, up. go on. Wake up. The Olympics are every four years, the Soccer World Cup's every four years. Take the fucking hint, you drop kicks. Have one every four years. Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> I blame the youth of the world because they just they can't focus anymore. So you've got to have T20s and you've got to have only 12-month world champions. It's just the way it is. Yeah, it's yeah. that PlayStation generation, you fucking... Oh. <laughs> uh, Ross, oh, you right. need a segment from now on called Wake Up. Mm. <laughs> wake up! <laughs> All right. Well, I did wake up this morning with a rock hard fat downstairs because <laughs> I knew it was only a few hours until the domestic schedule for 2018 19 would be revealed. Oh, yes, please. Hi- I'll, give you, I'll give you just the highlights because this is a whole other podcast of me just talking for an hour, but I'll give you the highlights. <laughs> the highlights are. The JLT, one day Set cup. to sizzle. Set to sizzle. Matador Barbecues, <laughs> Ford, Ford Ranger, Mercantile Mutual Cup. Colonial Cup. Mercantile Mutual, yeah. Uh, starts on September the 16th, so it starts two weeks <coughs> earlier. I'd say to accommodate the enlarged, like my head of my penis, enlarged BVL. Engorged. Sorry, engorged BVL. Uh, oh, is strong in my pants. Uh, <laughs> episode sixty nine was wired two weeks ago, fellas. Let's uh, let's yeah. get moving here. Yeah, tidy it up. Yep. Okay. I'm, ha- okay. I'm having my segment got wound up for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got to oh, yeah. wind it up. Mate. Wind it up. Get the orchestra. We'll play them off. Uh, keyboard cat. Do 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 do. Tidy it up. Let's go. So uh, that goes through to uh, October the tenth. Mick, you'll be happy to know that uh, there'll be some games in Victoria, including the final, like the Junction Oval. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've also done. They've dropped the taxi. They're what? gone. They said it's done its job. They don't need it anymore. What job uh, did it do? They got five hundred against us. They scored five hundred. <laughs> you fucking idiots. No, oh. no, no. Apparently, what it did was it gave the states the wake-up call to give young talent a go. That's why. Oh yeah. Ways, um, I think I think what that shows is the cricket Australia went to the states and said, "Hey, you guys all hate this taxi bullshit we run with. You mm. guys." change your contracts and don't give DC a contract but give some unproven 18 year old from South Australia yeah. a three year deal and we'll scrap the taxi. <laughs> I reckon that's what happened don't you? And it oh, worked yeah. I, think, I think Cricket Australia just looked and said well there's no more young kids anymore ever so we'll just get rid of the young kids I reckon it was a deal, they did a deal in about ooh December last year and said, right, States, you sign up young blokes to contracts and we'll scrap the taxi. 
Yeah. You know, anyway, Oregon. Oregon. Just pay him, is what they're saying. Yeah. Oregon, <laughs> Su- <laughs> Oregon Southern has just been listening to the county rapper, been hearing how bad that the Caxi's best player, Hank Cartwright, has been going. Oh, and said, fuck, yeah. we just got to scrap this. Well, that's fair enough, too. And yeah. so there's only the six teams, and so they're going to have a they'll have a final series rather than going with the, what they've gone for a number of years, the top three, where there's a prelim yeah, between might, second and third. Would have to and be. Then they play it? one. No, they've gone um, non-traditional. Oh, top four. Gone, four. Yeah, top four. Yeah, yeah, top four. Yeah, no, no. Top five. Mercantile top five. Everyone loves that one from the <laughs> oh, old, yeah. um, VFL football days. No. No, they've gone for a, a 16 top six. What? <laughs> <laughs> so you win the spoon and the flag in the same year. Yeah, yeah. Fitzroy, Jesus. 1908 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah university yeah. style. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the That's only, fucking ridiculous. It's the only time I've agreed with Ed Cowan on Twitter. Yeah. Because mm. he called it like, silly too. Yeah. In fairness, like the, the county runs with the 16 final system. Yeah, it worked pretty true. well this that's year. That's true. So they have <laughs> 18 got, teams, but yeah. you know, that's splitting hairs, so uh, we won't worry about that. Uh, Mick, now I'm going to have to call you out. You just stole that from Bride and Coverdale, didn't you? I did, yeah. <laughs> well played, you. <laughs> yeah. Did we mention Ed Cowan? I'm on the chase as well now. Yeah. <laughs> the shark. <laughs> You're coming on as the stallion, aren't you? <laughs> Rocky, I think. Hey, yo, Adrian. Wepner is here. <laughs> All right, uh, looking ahead, also, big news my favourite competition, the Toyota Futures League. Oh, yeah, engorged yes. news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Has come back to. One strength that it used to have, no longer is it just four-day games, it's now also having a Toyota Futures League T20 competition in January. Oh, yes, please. All right. I will be nice. there, and I'll see all of you at a Futures League <laughs> ground near your home. Okay? So, so they're going to have a state-based Futures T20 comp? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, they've had it before, and yeah. they're having it again. It's had a hiatus in okay. about oh, six or seven years, and it's back. Bigger, I actually better, don't mind older, and less less um, publicised than ever before. Yeah. I don't mind it because that means <laughs> I don't have to worry about shit trucks playing BBL. They can just play in the futures, and then when they're good enough, then they can have my eye time. It makes yeah. a lot of sense that there'd be like, say, a Trent Lawford, it'll be a shoe in to play a bit of futures <laughs> league. Yeah. And then, then when those teams get injuries or an international player can't come for some reason, they can go to look at who's playing in the Futures League and go, oh, he's in good form, and yeah, put him on the sub list or something. Yeah. 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 So it makes a lot of good again, Ross? January. January. I thought you said February. Not and I was February, like, what be, be, be? January. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> All right, nice no, no um, day-night games in the Shield this year, but the Dukes are back for the second half of the season. Cool, fucking mm. Dukes. Uh, now, all the men's international tour matches, unfortunately, are against the Caxi. I really wanted to see him funk it up and play state tour matches or Australia A again, but no avail. What about the Chairman's Eleven? Ross? Yeah, exactly. My one-game membership goes to waste again. I don't get to go to that yeah. shit old Monica Oval. This year? What about Peter Gos? What about Peter Cosgrove's bloody um, Governor General's? Yeah, league? they're going strong. They're having their second game at a Dromoyne Oval. Mm. Mm. There'll be five full rounds of Shield cricket before the first test against India. One of those games will be at Perth New Stadium. 
Karen Rolton over Ooh. in Adelaide we used for the first time as a shield venue in Adelaide. Don't know oh, where wow. it is. Glenelg's got the arse. Um, uh, Caxi will play five tour matches. Three men's, two women. Red and white ball formats. Uh, women's Caxi will feature T20 matches against New Zealand and Australia in September. And uh, the Trans-Tasman rival begins immediately after the AFL Grand Final on the 29th of September. Uh, just goes on and on and on. Peter Roach is Cricket Australia's Head of Cricket Operations. Now, Peter Roach, if I'm not wrong, is the bloke who, for a few games, tipped Darren Berry out of the Victorian State team back in about 1996, 97. Oh, Roach okay. Motel. Yeah. So, um, I wonder if that is him. Hmm. There you go. Mm. He had a few interesting quotes about why the Caxi's not there anymore. Didn't believe any of them. Uh, but uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, the whole shebang kicks off September 16 at Alex's favourite ground, the Riverside Stadium in Townsville. Also known as Tony yes. Martin Oval, is it? Or something like that? Oh, jeez. Tony Martin Holden Oval yeah, or something like that. We move on now to international cricket. And Mick, I see that uh, your mate, Captain of Sri Lanka, Chandamal, has got himself in a little bit of bother. Yeah, so he's yeah. been done for ball tampering. So he didn't quite cheating. Yeah, job. he didn't quite uh, go the Cape Town route and use the sandpaper. He went the old faff duplessis uh, lollies in the pocket. So I did. Did he not do the faff duplessis rub it on his? No, nah, no, nah, he did the old. He, as well. So no, it's, it's clear as day they've got it on the footage, and the umpire at square leg obviously sees it because he does it right in the middle of the pitch. But he puts his hand in his pocket, pulls something out, puts it in his mouth. Waits like half a second, sticks his fingers in, like licks whatever it is, and puts it on the ball. Jesus. So, yeah, oh, so then he's on. like arguing, oh, I'm not guilty, I didn't do anything, rah, rah, rah. It's like, dude, footage, you are guilty as fuck. And so the big question is now, like, what, like, like I don't care about him getting 12 months, like, our guys, because that's bullshit, because the ICC's already said you're getting a week, rah, 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 or you're getting one match. Yeah. That's yep. the way it works. What I want to know is what other sanctions are involved for him take for him refusing to take the field for two hours when he was in yeah. the end proven guilty and all the evidence supported that the umpires were right. Yeah, yeah I've got it here, Mick. I've got it here. Oh, you do have he, it. He's charged with the breach of a couple of articles, a level three offence which relates to conduct that is contrary to the spirit of the game. So something that um, Brendan McCullum would never have been involved in unless it was match fixing with Chris Cairns. But yeah. anyway, I digress. Yes, yes. Okay. This is due to the Sri Lankan team's refusal to take the field in the opening session last Saturday. The Sri Lankan skipper, he's appealed it, now risks receiving between four and eight suspension points, which could potentially Ooh. add a minimum of two further tests to his current one-test suspension. Okay. A full eight suspension points would result in his suspension for not only the upcoming two tests against South Africa, but four ODIs as well. So he's getting up there like uh, three yeah. tests, four ODIs, but still not twelve months. Interestingly, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but if that's the way their system's set up, then I'm happy that I'm fine with him missing three tests because that is the way the yeah. sanctioning body and the people who run the game. That's the way their system works. Yes. Unlike our yeah. boys, who were given only one of them or two of them were giving given points or a suspension under that system and then one was found not guilty to come home and then be thrown under the bus by their own cricket board because John Ralph and a few other fucking Twitter Nazis lost their fucking minds. Stephen Quarterbrain. Quarterbrain. Bushies, I want the bushies! Where are the bushies? 
Give me my pushies I've back. Got some... I want my, my pushies back, some... Matt. <laughs> I've got some. I have some international news. If we're done with that and that Muttley laugh, are we done? We're done. Work out Chandika Hatra Singer. Now, this is interesting. You know who's manager of the Australian cricket team? Their number three batsman and Glenn Waverley resident for many years, Asanka Guru Singer. Ah, ah right. Yeah. There you go. Mm. Posh bastard awesome. living in Glenn Waverley. Oh, yeah, look out. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Old money. Yeah. All right, so we spoke about <laughs> earlier in the episode about broken records and you know, England piling on 500, but a record was broken last Wednesday in a game between the New Zealand Care Bears and uh, an Irish team. So Amelia Kerr created history last Wednesday when she blasted a record-breaking, unbeaten 232 in a ODI for Jeez. the uh, Tall Blacks or the Silver Fucking Ferns or whatever they call themselves, I don't know. I think they call themselves the Silver Care Bear Ferns or some fucking shit. Yeah. Anyway, so she became the second uh, woman to blast a double hundred in international ODIs. Um, she broke our ladies' uh, record, Belinda Clark, of 229. Um the best thing about this, she is 17 years old. Well, yeah. And she's the youngest ever to score an international double hundred, I would imagine, men or women. Didn't she do like a fiver as I well? I think she also took some wickets. Yes, she did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think she had yeah, five in the, later on in the same mm. game. Yep, amazing. Uh, so her double century came off 134 balls. Oh. In the 46 over. So there you go. That's my international mm. news. Oh, well done, David. Mm. Uh, going above and beyond the call of duty. Uh, we move over oh, now. I've done t- two things. To a little bit more uh, international cricket. Mick, I believe you've got a quick uh, run through of some Canadian T20 happening. Yes. Yeah, so um, in the vein of all the other <laughs> countries around the world running their own T20 comps, Canada's getting in on it as well. And they're, they're, theirs is called the Global T20, which... I think South Africa's has called that as well. So. Yeah, that, well, it was, but it fell over and they went back to Ram Slam Finger Slam. Oh, okay. So, there, so Canada swooped in and stole their name. So uh, their, yeah, comp's, their comp's set to kick off next week, June the uh, 28th. And uh, basically, Ooh-hoo. there's been a bit going on in the last fortnight with what's going on. So it's a month-long competition. There's five Canadian teams and there's going to be a West Indian representative team made up of um, I'm guessing it's going to be like a Futures League type age arrangement West Indian players. So the Canadian teams, we've got the Vancouver Knights, the Winnipeg, Ooh, yes. the Winnipeg Hawks, the, the Toronto yeah. Nationals, the Montreal Tigers, yeah. and the Edmonton Royals. Well, no, no, ex- no Expos. Disappointing. Mm. Yeah. No Cosmos? No, no Cosmos either. Hmm. No Dynamo Montreal. Fuck, no, there's not that either. <laughs> uh, so, no CS- 62 Toronto. Shut up. No, six, uh, no CSKA Vancouver. No, no. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I don't know Shut any up. other. I don't know any other um, Canada days, but PSV Montreal. <laughs> no sporting Quebec, none of that. No. So, <laughs> so they so the way they've done their system is they had a draft, but they also had ten marquee players, and each team had to draft uh-huh. at least two of these marquee players of the five Canadian okay. teams. 
And then the remaining 14 spots could be chosen of a pool of 1,500 players who have registered from worldwide. So, oh, um, so I registered. I yeah. Yeah. So four, four <laughs> roster spots were set aside. Matt, so f- <laughs> Shut up, idiot. Four, four of the oh, roster spots... Wayne Parnell's got a gig. Jesus. <laughs> four oh, of the man. roster spots had to be Canadian and one had to be an, at least a Canadian player under the age of 23. Oh, Johnny Davidson. So I'll just sure. quickly touch on who the marquee <laughs> players are. So uh, Chris Gale, Andre Russell, Shahida Freedy, Darren Sammy, Lasseth Malinga, Steve Smith is one of the marquee players, uh, Sunil Narine, Chris Lynn, David Miller from South Africa, oh. and Dwayne Bravo. So um, old uh, Sandpaper himself, Dave Warner, wasn't one of the marquee players. So that's an interesting one. That's weird. Oh. Yeah. So he's in the he's in the Winnipeg uh, Hawks. Yeah. So I've got the, with, I've um, got the notable blokes here. So I'll just quickly run through it. So yep. the draft was held on the third of June. So you got the Winnipeg Hawks, who were coached by Wacker Eunice. So their their key players, their marquee blokes, they got Dwayne Bravo and David Miller. They also picked up David Warner, Lendl Simmons, Darren Bravo, Fidel Edwards, and Ben McDermott. Oh, Lendl Simmons. So, so in this entire competition, from what I could tell when I was looking at the draft, I actually went through the entire draft on Twitter. Only four Australians got drafted, and one of them was Ben fucking McDermott. <laughs> I know, that's amazing. And just fucking weird as fuck. <laughs> but uh, so I'll just move on to some of the other teams. So we've got the Montreal Tigers, they're coached by Tom Moody. Uh, so they got Lassus Malinga and Sunil Narayan as their um, marquee players. They've got uh, Pereira, Muhammad Hafiz, and Dennis Ramden. They had no Aussies, Montreal. Uh, Toronto are coached by Phil Simmons. Uh, they've got, they've got hey. Darren Sammy, who was the number one draft pick overall. Uh, and Steve Smith, their other uh, marquee player. They've got uh, Big Fat Kyron Pollard and Cameron Akmal as well at the Toronto Na- Nationals. Oh. Uh, Edmonton Royals are coached by Muhammad Akram. They've got Shahida Freedy and Chris Lynn as their marquees. Luke Ronke is there. I didn't count him as Australian because he's a New Zealander. Uh, Muhammad, yeah. Muhammad yeah. Afran and Wayne Parnell are playing for Edmonton. Yeah, Wayne Parnell. Yeah. <laughs> And then you got the Vancouver Knights, who are coached by Donovan Miller, who from memory is a West Indian guy. Uh, they got Chris Gale and Andre Russell as their marquees. They got Tim Southey. I'm wrong about. I'm yeah. I'm right about this. Farwood Ahmed. Yes, the fourth yeah. Australian bloke, Farwood Ahmed, got yeah. picked by them. Yeah. And Chadwick Walton, who I didn't know who he was, but I thought that name was fucking cool. <laughs> so um, yeah. <laughs> so that's the Canadian the global T20. What about um. Just in the Vancouver Knights there, yep. there's a bloke at the bottom of the list, Rassi van der Dusen. Yeah, so I didn't like write down a, the entire list, I reckon list, he's Ross. a left-arm wrist-spin yeah. type operator, that guy. A Rassi van der Dusen. When you yeah. look through the full list, which I haven't got the full list here, I just wrote down the guys who we kind of knew who they'd be. I've got be. the full list here, Mick. There's yeah, a lot. I've that, got Roman Reyes. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of expats. Yes, Rick Williams. There's a lot of expats. Shut up. There's a lot of expat like, Indian, Pakistani, and... Like guys like yeah. that clearly in Canada. What, what were the um, what were the rules there? They've got to have four Canadians, four Canadians, and, and one Canadian under twenty three. Oh yeah, and they've got to have one bloke who sounds like he's Canadian. Yeah, is that it? yeah, that's it. So there's, <laughs> everyone's got a Brian Adams on there. Yeah, I think that's where yeah. Chadwick Walton comes in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I think Celine Dion. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jerry Brockheimer, David Nelbandian, yeah. they're all on there. Yeah. Yeah. All Wayne, I think Wayne Gretzky's oh, um, wicketkeeper for Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cecil Pervez, oh, yeah, he's on there. Ibrahim Next. Khalil. Yeah. Next episode, I'll tell you who's going to win the Canadian T20 League. <laughs> ah, um, you will. And it's it's going to be it's going to be easy because there's five teams. There's four of us. We're all going to pick a team each. The one that we don't pick, they're going to win. <laughs> Actually, there's six teams. Actually, it's the West Indies yeah. B team. Is the sixth yeah. one. Oh, yeah, is there another West Indies team as well? Such uh, Illuminati names as Justin Greaves and Dervell Green, Kaverm Hodge, Brandon King. Jeremiah Lewis, Obed McCoy, uh, Obed Real Brenda McCoy, Nash. yeah, Craig Perry, Nicholas <laughs> Puran, and Sherfan Rutherford and Shamar Springer, all big names in the B team oh, yeah, for the Windies. Sherfan Rutherford. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Uh, Lashawn Anthony too. Oh Lashawn. Lashawn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Thanks for that wrap-up, oh, no, Vic. No. That was good. Yeah. Uh, anytime, mate. Anytime. <laughs> okay, so that it's interesting. I thought, why are there so many West Indians in this comp? That's because the Canadian uh, Global T20 Canada sorry, runs from 28th of June to the 15th of July, and the Caribbean Premier League, uh, this year has been pushed back a little bit. It doesn't start to the 8th of August and finishes on the 16th of September. Just oh, interesting because it gives a little bit of clean air to the UK T20 competition if they want to take it. So yeah. there you go. Mm. Right. I will make sure I let my mate know who lives in Vancouver that he could go watch a cricket game potentially. Yeah. I assume the games have actually been played in those cities. Yeah, that's the that's no, what I'm going to believe. No, all games are in Ontario. There you go. Oh, there you go. Every <laughs> single game is at the Maple Leaf Cricket Club, King City, Ontario. <laughs> Who don't have a team. Oh, there you go. Right. There you go. Neutral Unless it, Ontario Ooh, might be a state, uh, not a city. Yeah, it might be Ontario. Yeah, that's where, that's where Alberta yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, no, Alberta's Calgary, be, Alberta, Canada. King City might be the city. Anyway, the, oh. every, every single game, according yeah. to Wikipedia, which Alex, as you know, is always correct, is at the Maple yes. Leaf Cricket Club. So next nice. week, I've got an around the grounds for you, Alex. I want to hear about this Maple Leaf Cricket Club. All right, yep. I'll go away and do all my do research. Do your research. Uh, there's a link here on Wikipedia. Just click on it and you go straight to the Wikipedia page. <laughs> because you, actually, your thing about Malahide, was it in Ireland? That was good. Mm. Don't yes. often say that, but that was good. Oh, mm. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, that's Ross. all right. There's I'm, a tear rolling down my yeah, cheek. <laughs> hang on to this moment because it'll never happen again. Okay. Well, hard as a kid's head. No, I thought you might that. be. I'm still trying to push it down from this morning. Okay. <laughs> we move over now to a little bit of listener feedback. And Mick, I believe you have some correspondence from one of our UK listeners, Mr. Washington. I do. So, before yes. you go, Mick, um, Toronto. Toronto's in Ontario, which is ah, the so state. Sorry, the state. There you go. I thought they had provinces in Canada, but uh, I might be wrong. No, nah, it probably is a province. We're just calling them states. Because we have to design everything so it fits into what we believe in, Ross. That's... <laughs> yeah. That we put it in our box, all right? <laughs> round hole. That's what we do on this podcast. Sorry, Mick. All righty, so we've got a bit of feedback. So uh, here we go. Hey up, lads. I'm a Yorkshireman. It's impossible for me to support Lancashire. Uh, we were at war with the cunts for 30 years in the 15th century and we still, we're still fucking carrying on about it. <laughs> Howes, I'm going to edit this as well because he slags off Alex, but he means to slag off Ross, so I'm going to fix it for him. How's Ross, ta- how's Ross yep. taking being thrown out by Sheila? 
I presume that's the explanation for his absence, followed by a child-free return. <laughs> Maybe you need to start recording every second Sunday. That way Ross can Skype, Skype in from McDonald's when he can go back to the sound of kids trying to get his attention. <laughs> Regarding England versus... I really wanted to... You're right. I really wanted to do this episode from a McDonald's at two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. You know, <laughs> McHappy party time. You know, so you get the real sound effects going. Uh, regarding England versus Pakistan, I was at Headingley, not Edgbaston, you wankers, for day three of the second yes. test. It was nice to see a win, but I think we may be. I think, I think it may have been a bad thing in the long run. The players really need taking down a peg or two. I've been following England since the yep. late 80s, and throughout all that time, whenever they whenever they feel like they're on top, they always play shit. It's something to do with hmm. the peculiar type of cuntishness that only Englishmen have. Fair play to all the overseas-born <laughs> players we always have for assimilating into our shit-cunt society so thoroughly, I suppose. <laughs> anyway, love the show and all that shit. Toodaloo, Denzel Sick. fucking Washington. Ship off Denzel. Don't tell us to get our facts straight. If we got our facts straight, this would have lasted one episode. Exactly. Exactly. That's our thing, Denzel. Don't fucking correct us. It's it's our point of difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I did like Denzel did put up on Twitter a picture of the backpack he took into whichever cricket ground in England he went to. I won't even make the mistake of trying to name it. Mm. (laughs) He had a. A backpack any eight-year-old girl would love to wear. It was a frozen backpack, I think. Yeah, it was frozen, yeah. I think. <laughs> I said, oh, that's... I, we, you know, we have a little bants on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, that's great. Doesn't matter if you forget to take it home with you. And he goes, no, no, no. It's got all the bootleg whiskey in it. So <laughs> that's his method of getting the contraband awesome. in and out of the stadium is in an eight-year-old girl's backpack. Brilliant, I thought. Brilliant. Oh, well played, yeah, sir. Well done. Yes. Also, a real hard man, just sitting at the cricket smashing whiskey. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I imagine he'd be hard as a like those, um <laughs> Like those gypsies that we saw yes. at Adelaide Oval that year, drinking the hottest oh, home yeah. brew of all time yeah. on top alcoholic, of the hill. Alcoholic ginger beer. beer. Yeah. Weird, yeah. yes. Fuck, hot as fuck, yeah. too. Yeah, oh. sorry. When you're a poor cut and have to go to the cricket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was a, um, it was four consecutive days too. where the uh, temperature never dropped below 30, day or night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I we think they up the Smoking a few joints. Yeah, yeah they're oh, smoking right, dudes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Ah, <laughs> good one. I've got a... to you, Mick, because I believe you have uh, some eye of a needle correspondence. Yes, I do. So I've got some <laughs> correspondence here from uh, Dean, I think it says Lovinetti. So, um, yeah, right. Premiership player <laughs> Dean Lovinetti. So it says, Hi, Mick, just wanted to give you some feedback from the last few mid off cricket podcasts. I'm loving the county cricket wrap-up as I don't have to look up the scores for each game myself. You'll have to this week because Ross wrapped me up, so you'll have to look into that yourself, Dino. Yeah. (laughs) Also, in episode 68, I reckon the county cricket section was one of the longest you've done so far, but was still shorter than Alex's average of segment length. Plus, your your segment was much funnier than Alex's. (laughs) 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 Right of reply... I've got three words. Dead. <laughs> 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 After all I've done, this is the uh, thanks. Oh, how will he survive uh, not seeing you now you've moved two hours away from him? 
Well, an hour and 20 minutes. Sorry, hour and 20 minutes. Uh, That was great. Good sizzle. Good stuff. And that's all the listener feedback I got. Ah, fair enough. Yes, uh, I got nothing myself. So uh, if there's nothing more to add from anyone around the table... Oh, no. Nothing from me. No. I'm all good. Yeah, well, I look forward to watching the Socceroos kick off in nine minutes' time and then the Australian (laughs) cricket start in an hour and nine minutes' time. Uh, I'll just be honest, I haven't been to bed before midnight for a week. <laughs> it's it's just sport out the wazoo at the moment. Anyway, that's different. Sport and shed beers. Shed beers, lots of shed beers. An amazing amount of cricket news. Just the day after that 481, it just bombarded with cricket yeah. news. It's like they're holding back the announcement of all this, you know, like the Futures Tour program, yeah. whatever, until something went yeah. awry in England. Then it's just bang, 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 bang. <laughs> You had your fixture in time. Yeah, I was just going to say, but, you know, as if Cricket Australia would be so manipulative as to hold back information to put it out when yeah. things turn to shit. What's that called, a media strategy? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I think it's called the Border Cricket Control in India. Oh, well, <laughs> they, are the puppet, they are the puppet master. They are pulling the strings. Anyway, I have rambled long enough. This is <laughs> Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. You can find us on all major social media and podcasting platforms. We're a Big Lug production brought to you by a host of Tier 1 sponsors for the year 2018 and beyond. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Twitter. We're on ma- all major podcasting and social media platforms. If we're not on Grinder, we should be. <laughs> Until a fortnight's time, I'll see you then. I'm going to have a shed beer and close this shit down. Okay. See you later. Yeah. See ya. Said Ross a new charger. Let's <laughs> right. Bye. Uh, should I sing a song to finish with again? Absolutely not.